0: today's podcast is presented by podgo podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast podgo provides podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from podgo apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience that's podgo.co or p-o-d-g-o dot c-o So we are going to go into um, Chelsea's turn, which is going to be our final full round here for this podcast. So, um, Chelsea, what is your focus going to be as the lens?
1: Oh, who gave me this power? Nobody wants (laughs) it. So I'm looking over our timeline again, and what I'm thinking based on the timeline... And some of the things in our palette we haven't really, like, worked with a lot. Um, I'd like my focus to be the relationship between the aliens and our deities. Okay.
0: So, yeah, so you get to make um, two things so long as they're nested inside each other. Or just one right. thing if that's what you want. Um
1: now that I've made this big power move, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> You've um, made
2: this bed now, you have to lie in it. I know. <laughs> you gotta kick it off. You've
0: gotta tell us what you have in mind for this relationship.
1: I don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I was gonna try and and put my my thing TM in one of the later categories, but I think I'd like to start early and put another thing into our first period which uh for the listeners at home is uh the irresponsible magikrats threaten the world with dangerous uses of magic okay um within that i'd like to put an event after yeah i think this is the best place for it um, after Dr. Alvin Weiss is visited and taught technological mechanics from an otherworldly being, um, we're going to put an event there where uh, the goddess Nerda uh, comes in and has a a, a conflict with this uh, otherworldly being. And it should probably be a little more specific than that, huh?
0: A little bit, yeah
1: and Um, you want to tell us
0: like how the conflict like resolves essentially right so this is another
2: event after that event right okay
1: um i'm trying to think about how i want to do words but this is before the prophecy right got it uh let me let me write words maybe that will help me brain a little harder
2: (laughs) okay (laughs) go brain go
1: (laughs) yeah I love the goddess Nerda. Uh, I it's still funny every time I, <laughs> I read it. Oh. No. <laughs> thank Tom for that one. The goddess of the nerds.
2: Yeah. Whoops.
1: <laughs> Does that seem fine? So what I what I have written is the goddess mm-hmm. Nerda uh, meets with the otherworldly travelers to try and curb their influence on the people of this world. Okay i think
2: that works um so the goddess herself yes got it
1: she she comes down off of mount god people (laughs) (laughs) okay um and then perhaps a scene underneath that could be um answering the question how do the aliens respond to her request Um, and I have them both marked as light events. I think the event is light, and then we'll find out if the the scene is light or dark, I suppose. Okay. (laughs) Um, so for my required characters, I guess we need at least one alien person, um, and we need the goddess Nerda.
0: Alright. So I guess I get to pick first... I will pick the goddess Nerida.
1: Very nice.
0: And then it is Cliff.
3: I think I will pass. Okay.
2: Um, I can do an otherworldly traveler.
1: Cool. Uh, do you want to be the traveler that talked to Lord? I Randall? can be that
2: same traveler. Yes.
1: Okay then I will be the one that talked to Dr. Alvin Weiss.
2: <laughs> All right. Okay,
1: yeah. So tell me about your thoughts.
0: Well, do you want to set the scene a little bit more? Uh, sure, Yeah, Yeah, right. like a little bit more like what, <laughs> where we are, what we're doing sort of thing.
1: <laughs> I just want to be aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the goddess Nerda has called these aliens to meet in like... They're meeting around the, the first nexus that's in, what is the name of the city that we made? Mystia. Okay. And there's like this big, like fantasy style, like we're sitting on the opposite sides of the room, staring at each other, uh, questioning, uh, what are those big, just like meetings? It's very like Lord of the Rings where all of the important people are sitting on big fancy chairs or whatever. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay.
1: Um, and this is probably not the first time she's called them here, but this, this is like the tipping point, right? This is, we either solve the problem or we don't.
0: (laughs) Okay. Is it just them here or are there like other gods and stuff? Like what's the...
1: Um, I think it's just Nerda.
0: Okay. And is this like her like personal sort of godly court or is it more like the court of all the gods or how does this work
1: i think she's been sent as a representative and they're like in okay. mistia so like they're on her turf so they were like yeah you, you seem like the person that should be heading this
2: <laughs> okay okay so this is like a meeting of the aliens and then like mistia is approaching them right i understood that correctly
0: well no what i understood was that it's almost like nerda has like summoned the aliens to mistia for a meeting,
1: right?
2: Okay, okay, okay. Uh, gotcha, 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 gotcha,
0: gotcha. Yeah. I like, through some means or another, she has, like, called them here, and they have chosen or been compelled in some way to come mm-hmm. here. Yes. Got it. Yes, that makes sense.
1: Does, okay. does that... <laughs> I probably explained that very poorly. I apologize.
0: No, no, I mean, I, that's, why, that's why we can ask questions, just to make sure we're all here. So mm-hmm. I'm imagining, like, a big, like, like you said, like, a big, like, sort of divine conference room almost with like big right. fancy chairs and like a big circle. Yeah. Um and I'm almost imagining like Nerda in like one of the big chairs and like the two um aliens almost like in the middle of the room with like spotlights on them.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I like that.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I think that gives us Do you guys feel comfortable like hopping into that scene like we have enough like uh, a yeah, visual. I think so. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think you get to reveal your thoughts first, Chelsea.
1: Oh, I get to go first? Oh, that's dangerous. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, we didn't name any of our friends, did we? No, we did not. So, my Mr. Alien guy, uh, (laughs) he's, he's sitting there looking around, and he is very tired that he keeps getting pulled into these things, because this this planet is not developed enough to have this kind of planetary bureaucracy and I am just tired of having to deal with it. We're just here to help all the people and we keep getting pulled into these stupid, like, come-to-Jesus meetings and stop all your interfering and stuff. And They don't see that we're just trying to help them.
0: Alright, I guess, okay. So, okay. So, Nerida is concerned. So, Nerida is an immortal being from what in her society, is considered a Class C civilization, which has achieved immortality through magic and technology. And she and the other gods have come here to guide them on their way through the phases of civilization. She considers this world to be a Class A civilization, and she considers the otherworldly travelers to be people from a Class B civilization, people who have achieved travel between the worlds but have not yet achieved immortality and powerful wisdom that comes along with it so she is very concerned that these interlopers are going to cause problems and hold back the development of this world where she and her the other gods have been carefully cultivating their uh, the development on this world to go down the right path um in terms of calling them here her basic purpose is to basically scare them off and let them know that she has her eye on them um, due to various laws of her own world and society she can't just kill them or anything although she's more than capable of it where she did if she wanted to but she she's going to try and imply that things will go bad for them the longer they stay here
1: okay all right
2: um, my my thoughts are very much uh, along the same lines as uh, Chelsea's um, mysterious traveler Um... And uh, being uh, the one of the two of us that is more in tune with uh, the magical side of things, uh, there's also an underlying um, curiosity and fascination with Nerda herself. Okay. So I'm almost uh, like I, I'm here, like, uh you know, here... And, like, annoyed that we're oh, our quest is being interrupted for this, but at the same time very curious to see what could possibly be learned by from this additional interaction.
1: Right. right. I like that. Intrigue.
0: <laughs> okay. Since um, Nerida kind of brought them here, I feel it makes sense that she would be the first to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Nerida with... So Nerida is... On her throne, um, her current form is about 10 feet tall, though she's capable of adjusting that at will. And she says to them in a voice that is, like, icy cold, like frozen steel, she says, why have you intruded upon these realms? <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, uh, <laughs> um, my, um... My traveler, looking exactly the same as he did when he visited uh, Lord Randall's estate in the rather modest attire of a simple traveler, um, kind of bows respectfully and says, Goddess Nerda, we are honored to be brought here, for one. For two, we are simply here to study this civilization's universal potential.
0: I have seen what you have done where you have been. You're doing more than study, my child. You have been. And she gets very stern here interfering.
1: Well, yeah, we had to. If we weren't going to. If we hadn't interfered, they'd still be playing around in mud.
0: She, you know, kind of looks around and she says, In mud? What do you know of mud? These people were on. No. She's frustrated. And she says, before you came, they were building cities, towers, and they were learning, they were writing, they were teaching themselves the ways of magic and power. And you've come and thrown a wrench into the whole thing. There was a plan, there was a process. But what does a world like this even have for you two?
2: My apologies, We were merely following the grand edict set for us. We did not intend to intrude upon the grand workings of yours. We were merely following the path set forward by our elders. There is much potential in this world, potential to create, but with that also comes the potential to destroy.
0: She leans back and, like, temples her fingers. She she says, This is true. I am not familiar with your people. What is your edict here? What is your purpose? Or, uh, before I ask that in anger, but perhaps I should soften myself and ask truly, what is your purpose?
2: Um, I will look at my companion and then look back up to... Uh, Mistia and hesitantly say it is our edict to give the people here the means to progress and then to observe what they do with such means.
1: We're just speeding this process along.
0: This process is controlled. This process, there is a plan. They are advancing without your help. By coming here, I am not the one who has created danger, they are not dangerous in themselves. You are the one who has brought danger to this world on a scale that I do not think you properly
2: understands. Do you think... Do you think leading them by the hand through every step of their advancement, carefully curating their progress, step by step, hand in hand, really suits them?
0: You... Your pitiful mortal mind cannot comprehend the scope of the plans we have in this world. Do not Can they
2: not have free will?
0: They have plenty of free will, sir. You misunderstand us
2: deeply. Well, then See... we only wish to observe that free will.
0: No, your presence destroys that free will. See, this is a society that is below yours. That is not as advanced. When you come here with knowledge they should not yet have and give it to them in the ways you have, you take away their freedom. You take away paths for them to develop and force them onto a path that you think is best.
2: We simply give them these gifts and observe what they do. Your gifts are no
0: gifts at all. Your gifts are, your gifts are chains. They are shackles to a particular way of existence that you think is superior.
1: Uh... Forgive me for speaking out of turn, but isn't that exactly what you're doing to them as well?
0: She looks at you with ice in her eyes, and she says, Absolutely not. We do not take away their freedom. We give them only true gifts. Gifts of wisdom, not gifts of danger. Power. Everything they have, they have earned for themselves. We simply curate and cultivate.
1: Well, the way I see it, you're talking over us like... You know, you're above us in the, the Grand Cosmic Scheme. I eh? am
0: above you in the Grand Cosmic Scheme, and you will listen to me.
1: So, I'm just saying, maybe you're not as kind and giving and not controlling as you're saying you are.
0: I am not kind. I am perfect in a way you cannot understand. Let me give you this final word of warning you may stay on this world it is not within my current power to disallow it but there are plans in motion that should you stay will put you in greater and greater peril over time and the more you interfere the tighter the news will become i give you this as a warning and as a kindness though as i said i am not kind
2: um i pause for a moment and then i say I understand your stance, but I must ask, respectfully, do you truly speak for all of your kind? I do not. I speak for myself.
0: Others may feel differently, but I am the one here before you today.
2: Our interactions with Netheril have been far more pleasant.
0: Speak not that one's name here. I meant no disrespect. You meant much disrespect.
1: Uh, My alien leans over to the other alien and kind of nudges them and goes, yeah, look how perfect she is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Then your warning is heeded. Are we permitted to leave? You may go.
1: And I think that answers our question.
2: Okay. (laughs) I think so. What (laughs) is the answer then? I think um, uh, the way I interpreted it, at least, is that uh, the, while these these entities like heard out Mystia, I think they are not dissuaded in the slightest from actually okay. um, altering their course, especially if they've had dealings with other gods. Yeah, as yeah. they I
1: think mm-hmm. the answer is that like they sarcastically agree with Nerda, but mm-hmm. do not. Do not follow her request.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: I like this game. I can will an entire god into existence with a single name drop. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So I have written the answer as the aliens sarcastically agree with Nerida, but do not follow the request. Okay. I think that is. Dark?
2: Yeah, it's, it feels dark. Yeah. Okay. It's it's the perpetuation of conflict.
1: Right. Perhaps yeah.
2: the sparking of greater conflict.
1: Uh and that is my turn. So Tom, what do you want to do?
2: Yeah, what do I want to do?
0: Um
1: I told you this was gonna be a weird one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the focus is relationship of aliens and deities.
1: Also, the god that was name dropped, Nick, how do you spell their name? <laughs>
2: uh N-E-T-H uh E-R-I-L. Sounds that sounds right.
1: Netheril. Okay, cool. Just save that. I'm pretty sure I'm
2: stealing that from something, but I don't know what. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sounds <laughs> like hashtag ours now.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh Fiona Fiona dropped uh Netheril is a, a nation um a, oh an ancient uh ancient empire in the forgotten realms. Oh okay. That's where I pulled it from. Neat. Ancient magocratic human empire in Faerûn.
1: We did it. I think I spelled
2: <laughs> it differently. I think, I think I spelled it A R I L or was it E R I L? No you I... thought it exactly the same. Oh, definitely spelled it the same. Wholesale <laughs> 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 copy pasta. <laughs> mm-hmm. All that lore. That's perfect. All that lore inside that brain.
3: I
1: <laughs> It's great. He's like Nerda's big brother or something like that.
2: <laughs> and it's
3: alright. Nothing is original anymore.
2: I, I, I wanted I wanted a god name that sounded like ominous. Okay.
0: So Here is the scene. So I'm putting it in this um, event in our final age, which is a team of people later to be known as star hoppers make their first hop across the void of space to reach another world. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the question is, were they successful in um, saving their gods from... Alien assaults.
2: Ooh, Ooh, interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay.
1: Alien assault, no!
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the aliens are gonna kill
2: some gods.
0: Okay, so the scene is that um, at a university... Um, a team of magical and technological researchers have been working together to find a way to hop to another world, and what they've been doing is using astronomical technology, like telescopes and satellites and such, to try and pinpoint another, a planet that would be habitable through, like, analyzing trace chemical signals and things, um with the intention of once they identify such a world, if they can then um, find out anything about that world that lets their um, mages form an emotional connection to that world that will allow them to hop across the void using carefully developed teleportation magic. Um, So they have been doing this for some time when suddenly, um, uh, an email appears from an unmarked source um, that tells them, "Well, I'm trying to think if I want to restructure the scene because I where I'm giving it too big of scope."
1: Is the scene more like, um, like this is our first big time jump or? Or Dimension Jumper, World Jump, whatever we want to call it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it'll be, like, the first
2: time. Okay. So, uh, okay, so, like, this has never been done before. Yeah, this has never been
0: done before. No one's ever done this before. Um, And they're still true.
2: But we do know from the event that this scene takes place in... That that it happens. That it happens. Yes. Okay. So this
0: is, essentially, the scene is that first world hop. Mm -hmm. Um... But I'm thinking that if I make it like... I'm making it too large in scope. I'm trying to narrow the question down. Yeah,
2: yeah. the question the question seems a little disjointed. A little too large, to yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, okay, let me set the scene and then let me get to the question. So, so the scene okay. I want... <laughs> yeah, because I think that might be a more useful. Um, so the scene I want is... Um, so the team of researchers has been trying to find a good planet to hop to. And the difficulty is that... They need to both scientifically identify the world as being habitable and like a good candidate for hopping, but then they need to also find a way to establish an emotional connection to that world. And they've been working on this for many years, um, but they get an unexpected um, email, shows up in their inbox, and the subject is simply help, and... It is a set of um, astronomical coordinates, basically, to go look at. And um, embedded in the email is Nerda's sacred symbol. Okay.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: And, you know, I think I might just dictate this scene. Okay. Okay. Because I think I have an idea of how I want this to play out. Do it. So I'm just gonna make the question Um what did they find on the homeworld of the gods?
2: I'm gonna pop some popcorn and listen to the Tom tell a story. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I
0: already said a lot time. of the scene. So as this email uh-huh. shows up, and um so character sort of like our cast here is um the head astronomer. Um, who is, like, the chair of the astronomy department in this university and has been, like, heading up this search for many years. Um, and then we also have um, the head arcanist who has old ties back to um, the Knights of Nerida um, from back in the day, though these days those politics are much more settled and everyone is much happier overall. And he's not actually part of the university, but he is good friends with this professor and they have shared the dream for a long time of making a hop to another world, which he is convinced is possible just so long as they find a good world and they can just learn any information about it that would let him and his team form an emotional connection. Um, So this professor comes and shows him the email and we'll say that they are sitting at a coffee shop, maybe like, you know, a 20-minute walk from the university. So they sit down, and the professor says, I got this very weird email. Was, do you want to take a look at it? Um, the older arcanist takes out a pair of reading glasses. Um, he deliberately has eschewed um, the various eye implantation technology that would make it unnecessary, preferring to do it this way. And he looks down at the printed out email and he looks back up and he says, were you able to tell who this was from? And the professor just shrugs. is says, sure. Um, they go from there back to the astronomy lab and they um, start looking through data. Um, as soon as the email came, the professor um, had some of his, his telescope like some of the uh, satellites the satellite telescopes in orbit point in this direction and start studying um, and what he's found is that there it, what the data is showing is that there is a world there and it does appear like it ought to be habitable based on just the uh chemical composition of its atmosphere and suddenly um the arcanist uh, when he reaches towards that direction of the sky um, and thinks of the goddess Nerida who he reveres he suddenly feels this almost infinitely long projection of emotional connection that pulls him that, that he almost feels like if he just like lets it it will just pull him across the void to this other world um, so he excitedly grabs the professor and just on an impulse, goes for it, um, and they pop across the void, and they appear, and they see the goddess Nerida um, standing there, and she says to them, "We need your help."
2: And I'll leave it there. Ooh. We're in the end game now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hope that was entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the alien assault thing is non-canonical, so that can change, since I didn't actually... Yeah, we haven't defined what... Yeah, but she does what. say we need your help. Yeah, so um, there's
2: something wrong, but we don't know what yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I apologize if that was a slightly roundabout way to do it.
1: No, you good.
3: <laughs> no, it, it's it's all good.
0: Okay. So now it is, I believe, Cliff's turn.
3: Well, uh, I, I feel that you... At first, with your initial description, I, th- I felt like, oh no, my idea is going to get kneecapped, but I think ours actually play very well together. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back always to the armistice era because, uh, while there might be an armistice on the planet, uh, between the gods, there's not. Uh, I'm going to be creating an event at the beginning of the Armistice era. And that would be that the aliens, with the aid of um, Netheril, imprison the goddess Nerda on the god's home
2: planet. Right, right. Mm. That is a right, right.
1: Man, I didn't know I'd be starting all this war by picking this focus.
2: (laughs) Do you even know us?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Apparently not. What have I done? I've hurt all these people. (laughs) (laughs) We're
2: going to take this conflict to a whole nother level of scope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh,
3: the wording I used was the observing, in quotes, aliens... (laughs) aided by the god Nithril, imprisoned the goddess Nerda on the god's home planet.
1: Alright. And that is indeed a, a dark event. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, it's very dark.
1: So, yeah, Nick.
2: Alright. Um. Hmm. What does we, what do we need? I ask myself. <laughs> I'm debating on if I want to elaborate on Tom's event.
1: The world is your burrito.
2: (laughs) I know. Go on, put some salsa on that burrito. (laughs) Um. So I am thinking of a, doing an event, uh, in our final, uh, in our final period here. Um. Something along the lines of humanity aids Nirda in the defeat of Netheril and his outsider allies, cementing their place as a class B civilization. And that sounds like a light event to me.
0: All right. I think it's back to you, Chelsea. And you get to do
2: two things again if that's what you want.
1: Um...
2: So long as they're nested together, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now I have to go through and remember everything that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who let us make a history this long? It was a mistake.
0: Technically it's always been the same length. They've just made it fatter. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> made that timeline thick. Yeah. Two Cs.
2: Three Who C's. Who
1: asked for this? Whoa.
2: <laughs>
0: Nick, that's that's a dangerous number
2: of C's. Well look, it's warranted. It's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. <laughs>
1: um, why can't I ever remember the order of things? I feel like I'm in a situation where I picked this really cool thing and I never expected to have to uh, elaborate on it. And I'm just like, who, what?
3: <laughs> oh no, the consequences
2: of my actions.
0: <laughs> oh no, my, my consequences have actions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> my
2: consequences have actions. <laughs> Sicko no will one never told live that line down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one told me I'd have to do more. <laughs> da,
0: da, da.
2: There's a game that needs to be played.
1: That sounds super fake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like you made it up.
1: Um. So I'm trying to figure out how I want to insert this, but because I don't, <clears throat> I want to add a detail to the collection. But I don't know how to do it.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, you're Maybe. in a position where you can add an event and a scene if you want to do that.
1: Right. Yeah. I hmm.
0: remember that the question for a scene can be like a really leading question or like it can be like the question itself imply. Well, the question shouldn't imply the answer, but the question can be worded in such a way to, so as to like imply the thing that you want to convey.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Help to find the scene, too.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I think what we're gonna do, and allow me to write this out so I don't babble like an idiot. <laughs> um how how did we spell Mr. Mr. New Friend's name? Netheril.
3: Net he Ril.
1: Net he ril. We did it. Go team. So I've added an event underneath our our period that is corporations develop society in such a way that normal people cannot exist outside of their rules due to their reliance on technologies, um, and I've added the event that God Netheral leads corporations forward in improving uh, living conditions on the planet, um, and I think that's overall a light event. Okay. But I think the scene underneath is, um, or perhaps the the question would be, how does he influence the corporation's TM, uh, nefariously? Mm. Uh, and I have a feeling it's going to be dark.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean. <laughs>
1: um, and the scene here is probably uh, Netheril has beamed himself down to the planet and it's probably in probably like the boardroom of Unity Corp, since that seems to be the big one we've established uh, in the area of legends. Um, and he's probably like saying, hey, so now that we're making society better, uh, here are some ways that you can make it even more efficient and figure out all of those problems you don't want to have to deal with. Um, is that set enough?
0: So we're in like a so like a corporate boardroom, and Netherril is right. basically t- okay. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's
1: so it's the scene that we did at the at the uh, with with Nerda, except with netheril in a boardroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I dig it.
0: Um, okay. Um, are there so, like, Nerida's a required character. Or, not Nerida, uh, Netherell. Netherell a would be a character. required character. Okay.
1: And then um, time has passed, so probably whoever is the head of Unity Corp. Um, but I don't think we have an established character for that yet. So, that okay. can be made up.
0: <laughs> okay. I guess I pick first. Um, You know what? I will be a knight of Nerda who has started working at Unicorp. Unity Corp as sort of like an administrative assistant to um Unity Corp's um chief executive um so I am um I'll be a young guy in his 20s um and most of my job is like fetching coffee and like bringing sandwiches into meetings and stuff and like taking notes um and okay so so that's my character we'll we'll get to reveal thoughts later okay but yeah that's who i am um we'll call him joey
1: joey joey the pa i love him
0: (laughs) 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 so yeah so he's a he's actually secretly a knight of nerida um and he got this job to sort of like keep an eye on the chief executive nobody Um, will suspect the intern Exactly, yeah. (laughs) That's why I like that. He's actually an intern. I like that a lot. Okay. So he's not like a full-time person. He's an intern, and basically he spends most of his day getting bossed around by the chief executive.
1: (laughs) Poor Joey.
3: He knew what he was getting into. (laughs) I believe that means I am next. Uh, I shall take on the role
2: of the god Neferil. All right. Um... All right, so then I think I will play the current CEO of Unity Corp. Excellent. Uh, what is his name gonna be? Um, uh he his name will be Benjamin Griffiths,
1: CEO. What a name! Of Unity Corp. <laughs> okay. I love it. Uh, and then this will be my turn to sit and watch and make you guys do my dirty work for me. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Puppets.
1: (laughs) So tell me your thoughts.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, I guess I'm first. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That's right. I had to kind of like almost get myself into character there. Okay. So, so yeah, Joey, um, I'll say Joey does not realize that this is a meeting with a literal God. Um, Joey just thinks this is, like, an important investor or someone that, um, like, Mr. Griffiths is trying to woo, um, so he doesn't think too much of it, and right now he's in the process of laying out, like, a bunch of bagels and spreads and stuff for, uh, you know, the two guys to munch on, and after he's done that, his job will be to, like, sit in a corner and take notes on his laptop, and he, like... He's not really thinking too much about it. Like, he's kind of focused on what's for lunch right
3: now.
2: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
3: I am Nethril, the god of chaos and corruption, of despondence and despair. I seek to roll the dice into the tray of the world and watch the denizens of that world fall where they may. And... I have it on good authority from my uh, consultants that consolidating the power of the world into select hands will not only create that despair that I so seek, but it will also increase the corruption of those who rise to the top. So the mere suggestion of that initial push to make the world better, that gives the trust to create corruption, and then I sit back and watch it all fall down.
2: Neat. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Benjamin Griffiths. Um. He is the youngest CEO in Unity Corp's history. He's he's only about thirty-two um and uh he's you know just basically in it for the money uh yeah sure unity corp will absolutely help people out and uh netheral um has absolutely been um pivotal in the company's success thus far And if the company is successful, then I'm successful. So anytime Netheral wants to pay a visit, um, it's usually going to result in some pretty massive gains for the company and myself. So I am eager to hear what he has to say this time.
1: I am very excited.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So uh, I guess... uh, do we, how do we want to set up the scene? Is it, is Nethro already there? Chelsea? Uh, or, or, yeah, it, it can be, however, but yeah.
1: Yeah, does Nethro want to make a, like, grand entrance? Because if not, I was imagining they're already just, like, sitting down, <laughs> hanging out, sipping on company coffee.
3: <laughs> uh, I think that Nethro understands that not everyone knows quite the game that's being played. So they, uh, do the favor for Benjamin and keep up some pretense of appearance, at least until the, uh, doors of the boardroom close. So, uh, they walk in to the boardroom and you can tell that they're visibly uncomfortable in the suit that they're wearing. It's a, uh, fine three piece, uh, suit, uh, just full black suit, black tie, with a with a light lavender shirt. Uh, and I think they walk in and just uh, immediately walk up to Benjamin and say, uh, Benjamin, my boy, how are you? And put out a uh, hand for shaking.
2: Well, you know me, good as always. And I take, take the hand grasping it, uh, shaking it. Uh ben is dressed uh like stylish corporate like the young millennial ceo style uh where he's basically wearing jeans and tennis shoes um over a like thin t-shirt uh um thick like hoodie but a suit jacket over that with the hood like flopped out over the collar on the back uh and he has uh, sunglasses up on the top of his head uh what what uh what brings the pleasure stopping by What wisdom do you have to impart onto me and my company?
3: Well, uh, first I would like to uh, verify with you that the uh, suggestions I made last
2: time were as profitable as uh, promised. Absolutely. Look, uh, I know we got the the Forge down in the basement and it's still cranking out all all kinds of awesome, innovative products, but man, your thinking outside of the box has really made us, uh, really led to us uh, capitalizing on uh, every little bit of that thing coming out. Our sales are through the roof, let me tell you. That is
3: wonderful to hear now
2: oh before we get into it um i had uh i had joey here pick up an assortment of different bagels with the cream cheese that has the uh cinnamon and apple mixed into it Uh, i know that's your favorite um and uh we also have uh 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 uh, my mind is blanking (laughs) also have other hors d'oeuvres and stuff on the way um yeah, uh, but if you want, if you hum- like,
0: yeah, yeah. and uh, if you want me to order like sandwiches or anything, you know, I just installed you know app on my phone that let me get whatever delivered. So if there's anything you need, just let me know. <laughs>
2: yeah, I we just launched that app last week, last actually. I think
3: this is the first time that Netherol has uh, clocked Joey. <laughs> 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 but, oh, uh, how do you do today, lad?
0: Uh, well, I'm fine, I guess. Um, do you need anything, sir? I can, I can grab whatever you want.
3: Uh, no, no. I think uh, what is here for the time being shall suffice. Uh, all right, all right. Business before pleasure, after all.
0: Uh, sure, yeah. So uh, Joey just kind of like sits himself back down in the corner and you know has his laptop back out, ready to, ready to type down whatever happens here.
2: All right. Well, uh, are we ready to talk shop then? Uh,
3: as. Uh... Has this young fellow been, uh, uh,
2: indoctrinated into, uh, Joey, he's, he's fine. He's, uh, he's the best intern I've had this year. Joey kind of looks up, but he doesn't, he doesn't say
0: anything. He just kind of looks. Don't, don't let it go to your head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what he was responding to, but he's going to let it slide. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Uh, (laughs) I think uh, Nethro goes to the end of the uh, table and takes the seat that's usually reserved for the CEO that has the view of the entire room. And uh, they sit down in it, uh, not just as the uh, show of power that it is to Benjamin, but also to just kind of keep an eye on Joey because of the sensitive nature of the conversation that's about to take place. Well, uh, my consultants have been, uh, getting into the feelings of the users of the magics, as well as the, uh, followers of your wonderful technology that you've been producing here, and I've got to say, the, uh, that discord between them is definitely helping to propel sales, but... I feel it's time we shift approach just a just a little bit we want to we want to start gearing more of our uh, line that you know, we assist you in producing uh, towards those magic users
2: I don't understand we've been I mean, at your suggestion, we've been full sail on, uh, you know, funding the the propaganda against the magic users, uh, you know, promoting our technology as more reliable alternatives. Well,
3: yes, and that is still a main goal. But if we factor in the percentages of the population that can use magic versus our target demographic of... Those who don't, we stand to make 175 percent profit on the goods and services that are provided. And
2: I mean, that sounds like a big number to me. Ben leans back in his chair and kind of kicks his legs up on the on the end of the table. Um,
0: so uh, Joey, at this point, uh, feels um, the phone in his pocket vibrating. And um, this phone is actually, is not his personal phone. This is the phone that he's set up to be forwarded from um, the CEO's desk phone. And he checks it real quick and um, he says, uh, hey boss, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, it looks like uh, your girlfriend's calling in. Um, like, do you want to take it right now or do you want me to tell her that you're busy?
2: Um I I kinda like wave it uh uh wave it aside and go nah, nah, tell tell her I'm busy, I'm way more, way more important people right now. Just between you and me.
0: Oh okay. Uh sure, yeah, I'll I'll tell her that uh I'll tell her you're busy. Okay. So uh Joey uh steps out of the room to uh take the call and you know I'll let the scene carry on.
2: Yeah. Uh and um I I turn back to Netheralm. My my apologies, but rest assured, I have my priorities. Uh, pay. pay I
3: pay no mind to that. I understand you, uh, ter- Terran side folk enjoy your carnal pleasures. So, there's no issue from me.
0: Suddenly, Joey bursts back into the room, and he says, Uh, sir, uh, y- your father, they're, they're taking him to the hospital, sir. Uh,. And he sort of, like, hands the phone over, his
2: hands, like, kind of shaking. What? Uh, and I take, take the phone. Hello? What's happening? Right there. Hmm? I, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll say with that, um, I'll turn back to Netherol and say, um, do you mind if I take this real fast? I suppose that's an important uh, thing for you to deal with. My, my my apologies, my apologies. And uh, I'll walk out the door saying, Hello, what's going on? Uh, and leave. So now I, it's just
0: a Joey and Netherell sort of Yeah, properly. I don't pay
2: attention to anything what Joey's doing.
0: Yeah. So, I just I go. So, uh... How about that game last night?
3: I care not for the... Uh, sporting events. They... Unless, the, unless there's a chance for profit, they mean nothing to yeah.
0: me. Yeah, you know, uh, me Me neither, bud. Uh, you know what, I gotta catch up on some emails, so I'm just gonna and uh, he just kinda sits back in the
3: corner and pulls the laptop back out. Joey, I do have a request for you now that I think of it. Uh, yeah, uh, what's that, sir? You have a familiar aura to me. Uh, tell me, what did you do before you came to work for a Unity Corp?
0: Uh, well, you know, I'm just I'm just an intern, so you know, I'm still in school most of the time. Um, you know, I, I guess I don't know. I go to class, hang out with friends. Um, Joey, this is not Obviously, he's lying here. Um, so he like starts sweating a little bit, but uh, he's not overly nervous yet. Um, he's lied about this plenty, so he's not too worried.
1: You know, doing stuff like you fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, Nethal leans back in his chair and says, You know, we could use someone on the team with your levels of discretion and go-getterness and understanding of when something should be brought to the attentions of the people you work with and when it should, uh, tactically wait. Uh,
0: Joey looks up like and he says, Uh, well, uh, you know, I'm listening. You know, my internship here is done in just a few weeks. Um, what do you got? I mean, what's the deal?
3: Well, you seem to have a strong sense of spirit and... Can handle things that are uh, seemingly out of others' depths. I get this this familiar aura of that from you, an aura I I feel like I've known for a long time. Uh, uh, I think it's a good uh, good time to bring you another level within. You see? Okay. I'm.
0: Reaches into his back pocket and pulls out um, a business card. It just just has his name and mobile phone number and stuff on it. And he hands it over and he says, "Well, uh, you know, in a few weeks here, why don't you uh, reach out? Um, you know, I don't want to flake on this current assignment or anything, but uh, you know, hit me up. Let me know."
3: Dedication to the task at hand. I absolutely respect that. Thank you.
2: Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Benjamin will return, saying, S- Sorry about that, um, fam- family emergency. I-, I hope you understand. I meant no disrespect. No, no, not at
3: all. Uh, none taken. I uh, just got to know uh, young Joey here a little bit better. Uh, and yes, you are right. He does seem like one of the best, uh, best interns that you've had that
2: I've encountered. Yeah, he always gets my copy order right. Hasn't messed up once. Lunch, on the other hand, he forgot tomatoes one time, uh, but I'll let it slide. I didn't forget about that, by the way. Uh,
3: Benjamin, Benjamin. Joey rolls Benjamin. his eyes a <laughs> 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 Benjamin, much, much like my suggestion before uh, your untimely phone call, you're missing the larger picture. This, uh, this young man here has much more potential in him than you give credit for, and the tasks of coffee and lunch show that, much like the potential to expand your reach with the uh, you know, marketing towards the magic users, and much like many things in this world, when you have the scope of the bigger picture, it's much easier to see the potential now. I have a suggestion in addition to this uh, new aggressive marketing. It is is a slight modification to the code that's used, but I think you'll find that when it's uh, enacted by those in our new marketing direction, we'll be able to find those with the Uh, most promise, and use that to help make this world a better place, be the fuel, as it were, for the forge of the future. Does that answer the question?
1: I think it does. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Okay. So, to be clear on what I heard the answer is that they're going to essentially insert tracking code into people's devices that will help them locates um people who are attuned to the arcane so they can be collected and used for the forge
3: yeah
1: that is how i understood it okay excellent
0: (laughs) that's fine nothing (laughs) bad
1: or weird about that
0: hey everyone tom here so i hope you're enjoying this episode of fables around the table chronicle If you didn't already know, we're playing a game called Microscope by Ben Robbins. All the music in this episode is original and is written and performed by yours truly. Our wonderful cast members are Chelsea Rexinger, Nick Araciva, and Cliff B. Wilfong. Chelsea is a co-owner of Plot Kindling Candles, a company that specializes in tabletop character-themed scented candles. Chelsea also does a lot of the art associated with the Derailed Podcasts. Nick is the DM on the Tales of the Voidfarer podcast, a Spelljammer-inspired actual play. And Cliff is a musician and half of the nerd rap duo 2D6. He is also the DM on the podcast Taverns, Travel, and Tests, which is a meme and Food Network-infused actual play. And while I've got you here, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, Yubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. The YubiKey from Yubico is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So what can you do to protect your accounts? Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more, using the code POD at ubico.com. That's code POD at ubico.com. Say hello to the Yubikey and say goodbye to account takeovers. I didn't get very killed in that scene. Uh-uh. He gets to live. Yeah. He's uh-huh. gonna
1: go on to be known as great Joey of, of the Knights of Narada.
0: <laughs> See, my actually my head canon is that Netheril's he recruitment turned. attempt succeeds and he turns to the dark side. Yeah. That's, that's how
2: I read the scene too. Though <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so that is that is not official canon. Happy I change. couldn't yeah. uh
2: I couldn't so, tell if you were trying to like telegraph that the phone call was a ruse or not. But um, I just figured I would yes and my way through. Because obviously whatever <laughs> yeah. it was kept me out of the scene for enough time. I didn't want to, like, no and <laughs> by saying, like, oh, it was clearly a ruse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did not if that think of it as – yeah, I
0: wasn't trying to do it as a ruse. Yeah. Um, I was sort of figuring, number one, it would, like – like, what well, what happened was, like, definitely one of the things I thought could happen, which is just, like, pulling you out of the scene for a minute would let me have it – would let – shall right. yeah, we have an interaction that would otherwise I, be I definitely kind of... picked
2: up that that's kind of what you were gunning for.
0: Yeah. Now, the other thing I had in mind is that it could have gone a direction where, like, Netherell will give you some dark secret to save your father or something. Or oh. even it could be, like, Netherell had, like, arranged this previously to like further, yeah. I was his I plans. was thinking
2: that like that could have been a thing too. Um, as well. So I,
0: I, I sort of yeah. I mainly it was just I thought it was like an interesting thing that could just like twist the, scene, the scene and just like yeah. shake it because it felt a little like stale, <laughs> right. Mm. So I just wanted to kind of kick the scene in the teeth and see what would happen. Yeah, yeah. right.
3: Yeah. yeah, my my head for that ending too is like when with netheral hinting like sensing that familiar aura, it's like I could pick up on. That you had that slight connection to Nerda. Yeah. And it's like, bring you into the fold, get you in deep, know that you're in deep, and then confront you and just be like, yeah, uh, your goddess abandoned you. I'm clearly lying. Yeah, yeah. Your goddess abandoned <laughs> you. Uh, why not come work for the winning team? <laughs> Alright,
2: so weird. Like Nobody knows what happened to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Weird! Who knows? What a lot um, of thing. So, to uh, remind those at home, uh, the question was, how does uh, Netheril influence the corporations nefariously? And the answer we've come up with is that Netheril tells Unity Corp to start tracking people with their technologies so that they can begin to locate arcane-sensitive people to use as fuel for society. And that is clearly... A very dark thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I think it is Nick's turn to pick a legacy and then do an event or dictated scene based on his legacy or anyone else's legacy.
2: Mm. All right. So. um, So like the legacy is like basically kind of like defining a, an element that. Remind remind me. Uh... Yeah,
0: so, so the idea of legacies. Well, so we're gonna do like a final round here. Uh, mm-hmm. This is gonna be just based on the legacies. The, the idea is that the legacy represents something you as a player are like interested in seeing how it kind of basically is an element that you're interested in as a player and would like mm-hmm. to explore more or like see its impact in earlier or later periods potentially. Um, so, like, like, legacies are usually going to be, like, people or places or institutions or things, um, that that just, like, have, like, a sort of long-lasting presence in the world, um, that would be interesting to explore.
2: All right, um, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with the, the focus we just did.
0: It doesn't have to do anything with the focus. It does have to be something that we touched on during the round in some way.
2: Right. Um... Yeah, and I think this does it. I think I want to make my legacy specifically the fusion of magic and technology. Okay. And my thought process behind that is basically like uh, we know that it gets to that point eventually, but we haven't quite touched on the how that happens. So I think defining that okay. as a legacy will allow us to flush that out a little bit. All right.
0: All right. So I think that's going. To, so that will be our last. Nick has to rounds. place a
1: thing first.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nick has to do the thing. Why well, I always forget that? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Nick. Yeah, you get an event or a dictated scene. I apologize.
2: An event or a dictated scene.
0: And it can be about your legacy or anyone else's legacy.
2: All right. I think I'm going to make it about my legacy. Um. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. See how I can fit something in. Um... I'm going to add an event. Um, I'm going to add an event, uh, at the end of our cyberpunk dystopia period. Um, and, uh, I'm going to, let's see, because let's see right before that, we've had, uh, 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 uh how do I want to word this? Um, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say um, uh, the knights the knights of Nerda liberate the forge from Unity corpse uh, Unity corpse possession and um and and I guess p- uh, paving the way for more magic based uses for it. I'm trying I'm trying to like word it in a way that like sets up the uh, like the magic technology synergy.
0: Okay, I, mean, I think that works fine. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. The Knights of Nerda. Um, uh, I'm going to say magic influenced rather than magic based. All right. The Knights of Nerda liberate the Forge from Unity Corpse possession, paving the way for more magic influenced uses for it. Yeah. And that'll that be light a, or dark? a light. That'll be a light event. Uh, nice. uh, yeah, an event. All right.
0: All right. So, that is going to be, like, our last full round. So, what I kind of want to do is walk down our whole history chronologically, just beginning to end, and go over it. And we can, like, interject and, like, make, like, tweaks or offer commentary on it as we go. Um, and then, like, the final thing I want to do is one more time around the table where we do sort of, like, a super legacy round where each of us will do an event or a dictated scene based on any of the legacies currently on the table. Um, so, yeah, let's, like, walk it from the top here. Um, so our first period is... Irresponsible rats threaten the world with dangerous uses of magic. In the shadows of the lower classes, interest in new technologies begins to emerge. And then our first event is Lord Randall learns a new dangerous technique from an otherworldly traveler. And we had a scene here that was the scene at the uh, gate to Lord Randall's estate. And we mm. learned that magic is dangerous, or this particular technique at least is dangerous, due to the unintended consequences of it, which we, where we saw the otherworldly traveler melt the headguard's sword, wounding him terribly, and the, the traveler seemed surprised at this. Then we have another event where Dr. Alvin Weiss is visited and taught technological mechanics by a rival otherworldly being. Then we have the scene where, or no, we have the event where the goddess Nerda meets with the otherworldly travelers to try and curb their influence. So this is after both of those travelers have had their events. And we have a scene in there, which is how do the aliens respond to her request and this was the scene in, like, Nerda's court in Mystia. And the answer is the aliens sarcastically agree with Nerda but do not follow her request. And... I
1: have a question. Yeah. Would the court in Mystia be the mysterious court?
0: <laughs> the mysterious court.
1: Just because of the, the words. Oh, oh, sure, why not? <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, cool. the people
1: who follow the goddess Nerda are nerds, and now we're in the, the, the court of, the mysterious court of Mystia.
0: <laughs> All right, I dig that. Sorry,
1: that's my commentary. <laughs> no, no, that's good.
0: Um, yeah, sorry, I, I have a bit of a freight train approach sometimes, so just, <laughs> no, just knock me off. Um, <laughs> so then we have an event that is the discovery of a prophecy that had been long forgotten, tying the ebb and flow of magic and technology to each other. And the question is, what is the prophecy? And the answer is when the deep bond of soulmates is severed, it can create world altering effects. I want to offer like a slight sort of like elaboration of this idea here.
2: Okay. Which is
0: that specifically it's the severing of Annabelle's who comes from like a magocratic family, like the severing of her soulmate bond to her lover who was a technologist is what put in play this sort of like extending prophecy into the future, sort of like tying the fates of magic and technology together.
2: Mm.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm
2: down for that. Yeah, yeah. kind of. And it and it it plays off of like the this pre-existing power of emotion.
0: Yeah. But it's like th- through Annabelle's bond with her lover, it kind of like wove those two things together in a way they might not have been otherwise. And that has like far reaching sort of like fateful implications.
2: Right. Butterfly effects.
0: Yeah. And then we have the events later on, which is Queen Annabelle the first crushes her husband's army at Tidlin Falls, cementing her rule of the kingdom of Walia, which I will offer further commentary that at least in my head, this was ultimately based on she discovers that her husband had her lover killed and then Mm. raises an army to destroy him utterly. Uh, Take revenge. Yeah. And I'm (laughs) sure there's lots more extremely complicated politics that were involved in making that work. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was ultimately, this was like, or at least it started as like a quest for vengeance for her husband, who we have sort of established also was a pretty terrible person. Um, yeah. <laughs> sort of very off scene, like, like off screen, but through like hinting. Mm-hmm. So I think that is very much like she, um, this was her vengeance.
1: <laughs> we stand Queen Annabelle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then we enter our next period, which is the Dragon Wars. Initially, magocrats aligned with dragons. Lower classes began showing off powerful warfare technology. So this is our sort of, like, great, like, magocrat versus technologist war. Um, so our first event here is Queen Annabelle V is coronated to the throne of Walia, becoming the de facto leader of the emerging technologist coalition.
1: Um, Since I have no concept of time. Okay. <laughs> How many generations would that be?
0: Well, so I deliberately said when I put the number here is I didn't want to imply it was only f- like five generations. There were others um, that were th- there could be Annabelle. non-Annabelle monarchs mm-hmm. in between. Um, okay. So I wanted to leave that vague and sort of like I deliberately noted that. Though we're on Annabelle 5, there could be other names slotted yeah, It's like in. a Pope
2: right. situation. Yeah, so it's at least five generations, but it could be... Yeah, yeah, else.
0: so it sets, a, it sets like a floor, but not a ceiling for how long is it yeah. right?
1: been. Uh, so, since I have no concept of time, what would that floor be? <laughs>
0: um, The floor for, like, five generations of monarchs.
1: Yeah. It, I mean... it's it like, can, what, 150 years? More like,
0: yeah, like, somewhere between, like, 100, 150 Though it, okay. it could be shorter, because, like, sometimes with monarchs, you'll get, like, you know, a king comes to the throne and then dies, like, a year later, and, like, you know, right. their brother takes over or something. So, like, it's it's, it's very loose. I I would say, like, a hundred-ish years seems okay. as, yeah. like, a probable sort of floor. Piece.
3: Plus, figuring in right. life expectancies and everything as well will complicate things. So, I think a hundred years is at least a uh, safe bet for just a floor.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, historically, like, yeah, like, 10, 15 years wouldn't be, like, too far off for, like, a typical okay. monarch's rule. Yeah. And and some will be much, much longer than that. Right. Because the other nature of monarchies is it tends you'll often see a pattern where there'll be, like, a succession, like, a rapid succession of monarchs that goes really fast, and then, like, one monarch will rule for, like,
2: 40 years, so... hmm <laughs> so it's like 100 to 150 years uh but chances are it could be double that or more you know right. yeah the way yeah it could easily way be we more of it here mm-hmm. okay
1: that answers my question okay <laughs> okay
0: yeah yeah so then we have the purge of worms a battle in which new technology was unveiled that eradicated most of the dragons we never actually got super into what that would be so i'm just gonna sort of mm. I don't know, do we want to speculate on what that might have been? Since we're sort of... I'll leave that to the legacy round if we want to talk about it. More. Huge-ass ballistas. I don't yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Then we have um, new dangerous magic is dispatched to combat the new tech in the war. And as a result, the city of Mystia is accidentally destroyed. And this is...
1: Our big whoopsie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we have our scene where, like, the master artificer and her assistant and the miner were down there trying to get these crystals which i imagine was because she even says in there they're trying to end a war so they were thinking right. that they could come up with like a magical like super weapon they could you know get back the technologist for the purge of worms but uh this did not seem to work at least at that moment
1: <laughs> but gravity had other plans yeah yeah <laughs> Then see it happen, yeah,
2: yeah. All right, <laughs> don't you hate when you butterfinger a crystal and a city blows <laughs> whoops.
0: up? Whoops, <laughs>
2: <laughs> have you ever had this
3: happen to you? Um,
0: no, I'm just imagining like the infomercial woman, he like <laughs> opens a cabinet and like everything falls out, and she's like, Yo,
1: whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and it just cuts to just like a building the exploding <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> okay uh. so from there we enter the armistice era and our first event there is the observing aliens aided by the god netheril imprison the goddess nerda on the god's home planet then we have bright minds of both sides come together in an unprecedented effort to create power source for all the world, which becomes known as the Forge. So both sides here is not referring to, like, Nerda versus Netheril. It's
2: referring to the the, uh, mages and technologists. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Right. And then Queen Annabelle the Tenth, dissatisfied with mere figurehead status, stages a successful coup against joint leadership of technologists and magocrats. So, whoopsies. (laughs) (laughs)
1: We stand this Queen Annabelle a little less. (laughs) Yeah, she
0: might be a little shittier. We don't know. I don't know. Maybe she had her reasons. Um, And we don't really know where that goes precisely. Um, Mm -hmm. So I imagine there's a whole lot of other, like, politics and war and who knows what all happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually this leads us to the era of legends. Oh, in terms of, like, technological eras, I've been kind of imagining, like, the Dragon Wars as being kind of, like... 30 years war type like sort of thing. So like 1600s kind of. Yeah. I'm imagining the Armistice era as being almost like um, the Enlightenment. um, Mm -hmm. Sort of like 1700s, 1800s. Um, And then in the era of legends, I think we're sort of established that as being kind of like early to mid 20th century. Yeah. Is that kind of. I think that's sort of where we were. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the era of legends, the history so far have been made readily available for all to consume. that's where we have Unity Corp discovers the abandoned forge and reverse engineers it to secretly advance their technology. And we also learned through our scene with our sweet baby boy, Rob, (laughs) (laughs) that the forge is a device that can turn emotion into energy, basically. Like mechanical energy um and during this era unity corp releases a historical volume the untold history of the arcane which is a slander piece against magic and the use of magic Um, and it's also in this era that some archaeologists discover the book of prophecy from lord randall's estates um then the next era here so i imagine this is like we're advancing From sort of like mid-20th century into like the 90s and like 2000s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is corporations develop society in such a way that normal people cannot exist outside of their rules due to their reliance on their technologies, making their lives seemingly better. And then we have the event that the god Netheril leads the corporations forward in improving living conditions. Um, And we have our scene in here. Where Netheril tells Unity Corp to start tracking people with their technologies to locate the Arcane Sensitive to be used as fuel. And then we have the collection, an event in which um, Unity Corp starts kidnapping um, Arcanists and the Arcane Sensitive to be living emotion fuel for the Forge, which begins a sort of like pseudo utopia. Actually I think this will be like a classic dystopia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the point where we have fucked up on the timeline. <laughs> yeah. And then
0: we have the era that I think is most like our own, which is the cyberpunk dystopia. <laughs> which that's just where we live now. <laughs> yeah. People are excited for cyberpunk, but like that's just that's just the world in twenty twenty yeah but where's
1: my robot arm
0: yeah (laughs) but we do have that one of the few places free of their influence the sacred city of mystia protected by the knights of the goddess nerda so the first event here is that the magic from the dragon wars is reactivated destroying mystia again and we learn whoops and we (laughs) learn here that uh this magic was activated by robilius um, in order to um, reactivate magical nexi across the continent. And also to tie this back, I think, at least my sort of understanding here, is that this is actually deliberately tying back into the soulmate magic of the cavern that was what, like, flared Mystia in the first place. Right. So right. this is going back to, like, another soulmate bond. Now, that cavern was not – so we said that that magical cavern was formed by the severing of a soulmate bond. Was that, right. like, a different soulmate bond from Annabelle and her lover? Or, like, was that, like, the um, same?
2: I don't know. I, I think I think the intent was, it, was that it was the same, but it was never okay. – I don't think it was defined, okay. if I remember correctly.
1: Right.
0: I mean, I think that creates a pretty cool through line if it's all the same.
2: I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it is. I think that was the intent Okay, I, I'm thinking
0: okay. It. okay. I like that. So I don't know if that's, canal- I don't know what canon even means for a game like this, but uh, <laughs> right. I like that. I think it's We
2: won't know game. the canon until we listen back to the final episode. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was trying to remember it now. It's literally just like, you know, legend of, you know, the spoken yeah. word at this point. Huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then we
0: have another scene where um, Celine who has been tasked with sort of harnessing this tremendous energy due to her youthful vitality, um, accidentally makes a last-minute emotional connection to her soulmate, who she kills with a surge of magic. Whoopsie. which was Yeah, that was also a pretty significant whoopsie. <laughs> I like
1: that most of our, like, and then a bad thing happened is the result of a whoops! Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> that was a whoopsie daisies. Um... <laughs>
0: And then we have the event where Unity Corp's use of the forge and the collection are discovered by mage activists. Um, And in there, we have our scene where, um, what was it, Gateway releases that information um, across all of the billboards within um, at least this city.
1: Oh, right. And they took down the... Super, super goth Clove.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor Clove. Just got. <laughs> he got whoopsie daisy right in the throat. <laughs>
1: he sure did.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we have our event, which is the Knights of Nair to liberate the Forge from Unity Corpse possession, paving the way for it to be sort of reappropriated by users of magic and their way of seeing things. And then. Our final period is a synthesis of magic and technology allows humanity to reach for the stars. And our first event here is a team of people later to be known as star hoppers make their first hop across the void of space to reach another world. And in that event, we have the scene where the professor gets the mysterious email and the his arcanist friend is able to make a connection to a world they spot through their sophisticated astronomical technology and by essentially unifying the emotional connection to the goddess Nerda with the ability to spot this world and see where it is um, lets the Arcanist forge a magical link to the world and hop across it and reaching there um, they see the goddess Nerda who greets them and says that um, she says we need your help And then the final event is that humanity aids Nerida in the defeat of Netheril and his outsider allies, cementing humanity's place as a Class B civilization. That is our timeline. Nice. And it
1: has a happy ending. It does. After all of the the whoops fuck-ups we have. (laughs) Yeah, there's
0: a lot of stuff in there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Everything according to Nerida's plan, I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah. No, I'll tell you what the 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 technologists did not need to manufacture a whole lot of propaganda to to uh, mm. illustrate how dangerous the mages. Yeah. Because the major yeah. pretty much blew up their city every opportunity. Yeah. <laughs>
1: they just keep blowing themselves up. Of course, we can't <laughs> use
2: magic. <laughs> Why would we do that? Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: So to remind us of our legacies. So Chelsea's current legacy, legacy current legacy is the dangers of magic. Um, My current legacy is the Annabellan dynasty. Um, Cliff's current legacy is the failed peace of the Armistice era, and Nick's current legacy is the fusion of magic and technology. So I want to do is do like one more go around the table where we each do an event or a dictated scene. Based on either our own legacy or someone else's legacy, um, and I guess we'll just go in regular table order. So I will go first. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Fill in those holes. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to do, do.
1: The possibilities are endless.
0: <laughs> um. Okay, so I think I'm going to um. No, I don't like that idea. Sorry. I'm going back to the (laughs) drawing board. I apologize.
1: JK, smile. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, I'm thinking about what I want to do, too, and I'm like, ah!
3: Yeah. I actually have a pretty good idea for what I want to do, and I think it's going to be dependent on what you end up doing, Tom.
0: Okay. I I do know what I want to do. So I'm going to invoke Nick's legacy of the fusion of magic and technology, and... um. I am going to put it um in the uh cyberpunk dystopia era, which is um I'm going to say that this comes after the Knights of Narado liberate the Forge from Unity Corp. Um I'm just going to have an event which is Celine founds the uh, magical internet. <laughs> <laughs> that she Perfect. had brought up, and Robilius and Ingram dismissed as a silly idea. But Celine, um, I mean, there's already the uh, Nexi are already connected by strands of powerful magic. But mm-hmm. um, what she does is um, creates many, many smaller nodes. Um, they're like essentially mini Nexi, um, and ties them to a little like battery power or not even bad, but like basically like basically creates like a magical nexus that you can plug into a wall socket and boom, there you go. You have a hook <laughs> into the whole <laughs> nexus grid and I it allows, yeah. And it allows it's like magic. Magi- Jack. Yeah. And it allows <laughs> magical power to flow all over the world. So you can like send an email over the regular internets um, asking your buddy for good vibes. And then your buddy can, Hook into the magical internet and literally send you magical vibes. <laughs> Just vibing. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. I love everything about that. That's my favorite thing.
3: <laughs> All right, uh, Cliff. I think I am going to invoke Chelsea's legacy, the dangers of magic, and so we we talk about how uh, during the cyberpunk dystopian section. ...that uh, they decide to uh, reactivate the magic that destroyed Mistia the first time to destroy it again. Well, we haven't really refounded Mistia yet since we destroyed it in the timeline. So, I think that there is going to be an event during the uh, Corporations Develop Society... ...in such a way that normal people can't exist outside their rules... Uh, And it's going to occur as a response to the collection. Uh, It is going to be... um, It is going to end up being a dark event. Uh, Mages, in an effort to protect their uh, ilk, go to the ruins of Mystia and recreate the city for their protection displacing thousands of non-magical people.
0: Hmm. Okay. Interesting.
1: My favorite thing about this period we're in right now is that it's a light event or it's a light period but everything underneath has been dark.
0: (laughs) Definitely you made uh, that one event light which is Mm -hmm. Netherell leads them to improve living conditions.
1: Yeah, the sacrifice of, you know, other people.
0: Yeah, you know. <laughs> Oops. You know.
1: Whoopsie. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe this netheril god isn't such a such a cool dude.
2: <laughs> Look, do you want central air in your homes? You're gonna have to do a genocide.
1: <laughs> it's the only <laughs> option. <laughs> okay.
0: Nick.
2: Alright. Um uh, my idea. Um, is still intact after those additions i'm going to invoke cliff's legacy of the failed piece of the armistice era and i am going to do um i'm going to do a dictated scene that is where am i at i gotta scroll through the armistice era i'm gonna do a dictated scene under um queen annabelle the 10th does a coup okay And, um, you know what? No, this isn't a dictated scene. This feels like an event. Okay. Um, but, uh, uh, Queen Annabelle, Queen Annabelle, the Tenth's new order, basically new rule, um, brands the Knights of Nerda, which formed not long ago in the wake of the absence of their God to keep the peace are branded heretics and hunted. Ooh. Okay. We do not stand Annabelle the tenth.
1: <laughs> it's it's a scale of one to ten. We we definitely stand Annabelle the first. We do not stand Annabelle the tenth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Chelsea?
1: Oh god. Who gave me these pants? <laughs> so I have an idea of what I'd like to do. I'm just trying to figure out where exactly I wanna wanna put it. I guess it would go here. Um, so I'm making another event. And I think here, the event would be, uh, Unity Corp announces the death. Uh, So I'm putting this event in, um, the cyberpunk dystopia. Okay. And this happens after the magic of the dragon wards is reactivated. Okay. Um, the event will be Unity Corp announces the death of their CEO, uh ending the last of the Annabellean bloodline.
0: Ah. Okay.
1: And that ties in with uh Tom's uh
0: The Annabelle Dynasty.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's probably dark.
2: It feels
0: dark. Yeah. Yeah, it feels dark. Someone died.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Unity Corp sort of like sort of bad guys also though. Yeah. So it's like eh... <laughs> we'll leave it dark. Okay. Someone was sad about it. That makes it dark. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright. Uh I got everyone there, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Alright. I think that's our game.
2: Um I think that's our game
0: yeah that was pretty cool i think our timeline is really interesting um Mm -hmm. you guys have fun
2: oh
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: cool making history making history did
1: you have fun (laughs) i did have
0: fun i thought it was pretty neat um we're gonna put a mid-roll in these episodes so we don't need to do like big plugs or anything um they're they're gonna be a little disjointed too just because i have to sort of bash them into shape (laughs) Right. right. Um we ahead. can
1: plug for the, the retrospective?
0: Yeah, okay. So yeah, so um this is the end of our game. Um I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um we will be doing a retrospective that should be coming out um 2 weeks from whenever this releases. Um No. Okay. Okay. The the retrospective will come out sometime it'll <laughs> when it comes out. Yeah. It'll I might re-record over this and say or I might just put it on social. Um but yeah, yeah so
2: Look look on our social media. <laughs> yeah, just in general
0: look at our social media. Um so yeah, so the retrospective will be coming out in that um we will be um taking questions um and going over those and also just taking our own thoughts and kind of going over what we thought about different things and um uh, that's a chance for like us to kind of talk about our process a little bit and you know learn from our experiences and everything so if you do yeah. if you do have any questions you would like us to answer um shoot us where do you where do you usually have people send questions nick
2: um they can uh just tag us on twitter um at uh fable art at table fables pod on twitter um or if you just uh hit us up on any of our social medias um across the board we will find those questions
0: yep yeah So if you have anything you want to ask, um, shoot us a message and we will do our best to get to that in our retrospective. Um, yeah. Anyone else have anything they want to add before we, uh, call it good on this episode?
1: I don't think so.
0: All right. Well, thanks everyone so much for being on and listeners, thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed these episodes. Um, if you did, um, you can always, you know, rate and leave a review, um, If you didn't like it, you can still leave a review. Although, we'll be slightly sadder, but uh, (laughs) we always want to get better. This was definitely an experimental season of Fables, I think. This is pretty unlike anything we've attempted before. Um, So hopefully it was fun and interesting. If not, I promise we'll be back to much more normal stuff after this. So thank you guys so much for being on, and uh, everyone have a great day. Bye!
1: Bye, everyone! Goodbye! ProjectDerail.com